0: Father Anthony. Wait, 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 wait. No. What what, what happened to Father Anthony? Um,
1: the, plague. the plague. The plague has reached Father Anthony. Aww. He is uh, horizontal, uh, but still alive. Yep. Um, he, When I asked him how he was doing, he said uh, the most recent update was that he wants to surgically remove his throat. It's so itchy yes, and I, in pain.
0: Yeah, I, I remember getting that same comment and I thought to myself, but then how would he speak? Exactly. And so this would be uh, a problem as a priest and an, as an as an Italian. <laughs> Although he still has <laughs> he his hands. Be. He would still have his hands.
1: He can still move his hands, but how can he do a podcast? He can't. He just he when I FaceTime him, he'll he'll, you know, smile or nod his head and that sort of thing. But he just yeah. would rather not talk right now. So the Rona has has captured Anthony, uh, put him guy. down for a little bit. But overall, he feels pretty poor good. Guy. Just, just, just <laughs> his throat. <clears
0: throat>, <clears throat> Sorry. Uh, yeah. No, I know. We, we we pray for him. So everyone see a prayer for Father Anthony. Uh, he's doing fine-ish, you know, just not, not a lot of fun. So no. we pray that he'll be back next week because, you know, as out of my own charity, I've now come up with another topic two weeks in a row now. So it's going to be time for him to lift his own weight next week for sure
1: it is it's very kind of you and and like i think his whole idea for this topic wasn't really very researched anyway he just wanted to do a ton of our new segment that's right called theological emergencies that's right that's right so that's true
0: that's true that's fair
1: if you call the phone number, which is 412 912 7995, you give Father Anthony all the content he needs to produce
0: episodes yeah. of Clerically Speaking. There you go. There we go. Hey, hey, sometimes it might be a good enough question that it becomes a presbyteral exhortations, anyways. Yeah, right? It's so meaty enough of a question or something like that. But uh, yeah, so no, it's, it's good to have you on here again. Thanks for stepping in. This is, I was, I was saying to you before we recorded, this is the first time it's just it's Been you and me, yeah.
1: Well, you, not just you and me. Hold on, I'll okay. bring it up for our, our we have
0: we have another we have another producer with us.
1: YouTube viewers? Let's see if she makes a noise. Indy,
0: do you want to say hi? Hello, <laughs> she of just course. Tooted. Now she's quiet. Now she's quiet,
1: yeah. She just tooted, but I don't know if that came up on the mic. That'd be embarrassing.
0: Unfortunately, anyway. she probably doesn't, she doesn't know what a mic is because obviously <laughs> you failed as a father in teaching her all her producer. <laughs> things of course <laughs> she's here he was just feeding her beforehand so i said yeah she has to be here she has to earn just put food on the table this is true her own weight in this is food true.
1: Uh, producer riley is out selling houses right now nice uh, so it's it's me and uh, little producer indy and i think she's getting
0: a tutorial of how this is all run so gotcha little
1: That's patience and, and she'll she'll know what a microphone
0: is eventually by next week this this is America, America, Uh, America, America.
1: How else are you supposed to get your health benefits if you don't work, Indiana?
0: Exactly, exactly. (laughs) Uh, But no, it's good to have you on. It's, uh, you know, life is uh, life is pretty decent here. Uh, A couple things. So just, you know, again, like we're just I'm kind of doing the the Mysterion promo stuff slowly here. It's it's a little bit more extended. I'm trying not to like do it. I find often when a book comes out, people just push it all in one week and then they're done with it and i'm like well that's great but hey it's way too much for one week when you're a pastor it's just not possible but the oh, second sure. thing is it's like it, it's it's better just to spread it out you're not a you're not going to bring yourself out secondly you have opportunities to get the word out here and there to different spots it, it gives for a better yeah you're not going to sell as many books right off the bat maybe or something like that but mm-hmm. um but yeah so we're kind of in the actually on by the time this comes out we should be on Check my Twitter and probably check the Clerically Speaking Twitter at some point here. We're going to be doing a little kind of live book release party on Tuesday at 40, 4.30 Pacific, 7.30 Eastern, uh, it sounds like. So just check for the link for a live one of that. And then also, uh, so yeah, Mysterion, you can get at Pauline Publishing. It is available on Amazon.com now, though I think it's sold out for the second time on Amazon. It's mm-hmm. sold out twice now, which is cool. Yeah. Um, the here, I mean, listen, the best place to buy it is with the Pauline books and media website because the sisters get a better cut of the book, which is always a good thing. And it's hand wrapped by the sisters. And if you're in the States, you get a mystery on, uh, bookmark with it as well no way because i canceled
1: my amazon because they sold out and i i bought it from them and they shipped it the next day i was like this is
0: this is way better
1: by the way there's some wisdom in in what you're saying about that that slow sort of like marketing approach i don't know if you know but meatloaf's uh (laughs) number one album was bad out of hell but the highest it ever reached in the charts was number 13 but it's the third most sold album of all time in the world. So I like the slow and long game approach you're doing. That, there you that go. makes thank a lot you, of thank sense. You, thank you.
0: Yeah. So, uh, but if you're going to get Amazon, that's fine too, because I've, I've discovered, I'm learning more about how book selling works and all this. And with Amazon, it's all algorithmic. So, when, if it gets enough sales on amazon.com, then it usually triggers the algorithm to buy more copies to send to the other countries. So like Canada, is still not on amazon.ca, it's still not on amazon.co.uk, it's still not on Amazon Australia. All those places still need to get it. So, you know, it, or hey, buy one from the sisters, buy one from Amazon. Hey, that's what I probably
1: won't do unless I, I buy it for someone else. else? You know, yeah. it's funny, like, you know how Amazon will find a product that's selling really, really well, and then they'll say, Oh, this product's selling really well. Let's make our own version. I wonder what the Amazon.com, like Amazon basics version <laughs> of Mysterion would be. It probably Mystery. Be
0: like, <laughs> get this get into the sacraments
1: and they have like a pigeon instead of
0: a peacock. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> PD the pigeon uh yeah so there's that but then there's another thing now we yes. are on a bit of a stricter ish deadline with this one but I will be joining Haley and Daniel Stewart in Scotland Whoa. in July for a trip to Scotland with with scotch tasting and going to a bunch Ooh. of distilleries and all this stuff I believe it's Oh my gosh. Now, of course I'm uh, late July. I I do not have my dates in front of me, uh, but late July. So if you're something you're interested in, if you're not on Twitter or something like that, and you're like, Hey, that sounds like it could be a lot of fun. 10 days in Scotland with father Harrison and uh, their pastor as well. Father Ryan Higdon and then Haley and and Daniel and Haley. uh, Haley is well-known in the Catholic Twitter, Instagram sphere and all that stuff. Um, Let us, you know, send us an email and we'll get you, we'll, we'll be happy to forge you all that information if you want to join me on a bunch of scotch tasting and going to some nice religious sites and some beautiful historical sites in Scotland.
1: Wow, that sounds cool. You should do something like, uh, well, I guess it's not Christmas anymore. I'm like, could you do the 12 scotches of Christmas?
0: I think we're going like, to like six distilleries. They have at least two scotches each. Yeah, <laughs> and it's all and there's a buses there's a bus driving you, mm-hmm. and you have a priest to hear your confession if you have too much scotch. <laughs>
1: that's
0: fantastic. So what you're kind of set. By
1: the way, I always thought that like with the alcohol and sin thing, it's like when you're at a point where you where you no longer know that you're violating your conscience. That's that's the sin
0: part. I've right? always said you know within tipsiness, tipsiness range is probably fine. Mm-hmm. Anything where you start to lose use proper use of your reason. Oh that's that's you've gone into and and not just listen folks i think sometimes we downplay drunkenness as a sin Mm -hmm. it's a serious sin Uh uh-oh and so if you get excessively drunk where you're at a point of like losing the losing use of your reason gotta go to confession
1: oh no well tell me is it is it um is it a sin to kill Massive amounts of innocent animals, in particular deer. Now, and I'll follow up with another question. Father Harrison, have you been praying to Saint Hubert lately? No. I need everyone listening to this podcast to pray for the intercession of of St. Hubert, who is the patron saint of hunters, because these giant rats with long legs and stupid little tails that are brown with the white little tails at the back, Uh also known as deer, keep coming onto my property uh, and and feasting off my land, they need to go get their own job so they can get their own food, rather than eat why? my
0: Italian fig tree, rather than why eat do you my hate dendron bushes? But why do you hate Bambi?
1: Why, why do I hate Bambi? Yeah, I hope that when I hit Bambi with my car, that she lives, he lives. Is Bambi? I don't know. That Bambi like hobbles off into the woods and dies a slow death when their internal organs are so bruised (laughs) i hate i hate i hate deer i just planted a fig tree because i'm a good italian boy and 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 then the deer come and they eat it so i'm spraying all this stuff and i don't want to have i don't want to have fences around my rhododendrons i don't want to have fences around fences around my holly trees in my gardens for these deer in western pennsylvania now i'm assuming you have the same exact thing happening with with moose and mises no deer 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 you have deer up in canada of course yeah deer are a huge problem i bet they're really polite and they ask permission if they Uh, can eat the the the, you know the vegetation but here in america they're just greedy they're welfare deer they're eating my plants they're not paying anything back they're pooping all over my yard
0: i don't know sounds pretty american to me
1: (laughs) (laughs) doing what you want and taking a dump on someone's front yard. Very American. <laughs> I'm just I, I like my wife w- walks into the house and she's like, it smells like death outside. I'm like, it's because I sprayed like vinegar, hot sauce mixtures to get the deer away. And I, I'm at full blown war with these things. I, my mic is clipping right now because I'm so angry at them. So we all need to pray to St. Hubert that the hunters get better at hunting <laughs> and kill all the deers and that St. Hubert intercedes and changes the law. So there's no deer too small that hunters can't kill. (laughs) So
0: as part of Indiana's education into film culture, Bambi will not be a movie she'll be watching.
1: No, 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 She. She will not. uh, She will learn the truth about deer—that they are terrible giant rats. They're uh, not not rats of the sewer, but rats of the of 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 the land of the suburbs. And uh, if you're one of those people who says, "Oh, honey, look, there's a deer in the backyard," you better be saying that as in, "Honey, go get your gun to shoot the deer in the backyard."
0: (laughs) (sighs) Anyway, anyway. Welcome to Clerically speaking. I'm (laughs) Father Harrison.
1: And I'm, and I'm producer Nick filling in for <laughs> father Anthony. Um, oh that, man. That
0: was That's, my bit. Do you want to go? I, I, our, I, I just got to say that it's like, this is, these are the joys of home home ownership that I just don't have to deal with. And I'm very grateful for this. It's true. I, I,
1: um, As far as doing anything in my house, I'm not too handy. I'm really good at painting. Some people will say, oh, I can help you paint your house. I'm like, no, you're probably going to be bad at it. But uh, outdoor stuff, I'm quite handy with landscaping. And that's why the things I take pride in are just under attack.
0: What about uh, putting up like massive bushes that surround your backyard that make it almost impossible for them to cross into your land? That way you're not putting up fences. And you make something kind of beautiful.
1: It would be expensive to, um, and, and deer eat a lot of those plants. Uh, I think just straight up uh, using firepower is our best answer. Maybe yeah, it's but, not.
0: But but the thing is, there's always going to be more deer. There, not if we kill them all. Not if we <laughs> all of them, every car- single deer. You <laughs> want you we- want to make deer an extinct? Oh, ex, uh, ex, Ah, my god. Ah, I can't speak right now. Apparently. Sure.
1: I mean. father Harris, extinction
0: extinction that's the word i'm looking for but
1: yes well (laughs) well i mean i believe god is real and that giants still fall and saint hubert is a powerful saint and if we all pray together in unison that the lord can make miracles happen like the extinction of deer
0: but they're here and obviously that means god wanted them on the ark so are you saying that you're contrary to god's will
1: Nope, I think God's will was for them to be here, and then uh, He is bringing me closer to him, because I pray that these deer stay away, and He's using my anger for deer to grow closer to the Lord. Uh, and so uh, He has put this on my
0: heart. But once they die, their souls annihilated, their animal souls annihilated, so they're not going to be close to God, they're going to be cease to be
1: but so we're like the, the mastodons or like the megalodon sharks and stuff. Like those are way cooler. Why aren't there megalodon sharks anymore? I mean, like the,
0: the are Lord you saying can... that you just want like a T-Rex roaming into your backyard? You're okay with that? Velociraptors, <laughs> <laughs> like just hunting around your house. You're fine with this? No. In the Lord's
1: good, holy wisdom. He, he, ex- he made those animals extinct. Um, and, and now it's time for the deer. Okay. <laughs> Uh, so um, should we go into our first segment?
0: Yes, we should. Okay, uh, I, I got, I got, I got nothing on that one. Now I'm just like, <laughs> it's just we have a lot of pro animal people not happy with. It. <laughs> but that's fine. But that's fine.
1: Only big opinions from producer Nick on that's right. Clerically speaking, Anthony would be proud. Father Anthony would be proud. And, and if you would like to, feel free to call 412-912-912-912. 7995 at any point it'll go straight to voicemail uh so don't worry about someone picking up the phone i have it muted and you can leave a question for theological emergencies thank you for calling clerically speaking if this is truly a theological emergency please dial one at any time hi i flushed my goldfish down the toilet and i wanted to know is that a sin Theological Emergency. We'll take your call at 412-912-7995. Well, first Theological Emergency I'm going to play um, is... It's, it's interesting because I've wondered the same thing my whole life also. So okay. take a listen here.
2: Hey guys, this is Luke Burgess. Okay, here's my question. So I've noticed since the start of the pandemic that it's a little harder to be vigilant in terms of the way that people receive Holy Communion or whether they're receiving or consuming at all. So that's not really my question. My question is, what does a member of the lay faithful do if you're sitting there in the pews and you see some form of Eucharistic abuse, or you just see somebody who didn't consume the host and you know they're they're taking it back to the pew and you're not sure what their intentions are what's the right way to approach the situation, okay? Like full-on NFL linebacker tackle, or is there sort of a more tactful approach? Like what are the limits here? What's what's the best way to approach that? I've been dreaming about what I would do practically my whole life, and probably the reason I'm asking the question is I just want to know if a tackle is ever appropriate. It seems like it might not be a proportionate measure of force. Might not be a just war, but I'm just curious, what would you recommend um, in all seriousness that somebody do? Um, and if you see something especially nefarious, uh, what would be your recommendation? And also, is, is am I right? Is this happening more than usual? Uh, it just seems with the masks and everything going on, it's a little bit harder to keep track. But okay, that's my question.
1: I don't look at people receiving communion one, cause that's an intimate thing to be watching. But two, if someone did something to desecrate the Eucharist, I would, I would be in this man's situation where it's like, what do I do? What would you do? Yeah. Father Harrison, if you're a lay person sitting in like the third row,
0: right? So and, I think, I think there are ways that parishes can do things to mitigate this so that you don't have to worry about this if you're in the pews. Mm-hmm. Cause I think that should, that should be the ideal. Um, in the end, it shouldn't be your have to be your worry. And and because the other problem becomes, what if then 10 people get up from their pews to go after this person or something like that? So there's a few things to keep in mind. One is sometimes people are coming forward for communion who have been away from a while or maybe aren't Catholic and just see everyone else receiving, receiving communion. So figure that's what you're supposed to do, but don't know what to do with, with the Eucharist afterwards. So there has to be a bit of a sense of charity, I think, towards people who, just don't know what's always going on um for myself often like often even what i do in communion line is i if i see people starting to walk away i just with the eucharist and i just say can you please consume the eucharist right now um Mm -hmm. of course it's hard for them to hear that with the masks on everything but it's it's it is it's always something i'm willing to do my my ideal actually is you always you you should i think a parish especially if you're uh, you know, you got big enough masses happening where people can just be walking in and stuff like that. Um, is to have kind of these guards, if you will, of, of ushers on each end of the aisle. It, like, so in my parish, for example, we ha- we just have two stations for the Eucharist at the center aisle. And so you come up, you receive, and then you go back around. Okay. And so you should have at the end of that two ushers who are watching. And then if they see someone walking away with the Eucharist, they can just they're a trained how to properly deal with the situation and be they're able to um, gently off because and, and the thing is always please consume. Don't ask for it back. That's better for that. to be It's better for it to be consumed uh, than anything else. Um, so you just ask them to please consume it um so i think that's the one thing if if let's say let's say you don't have that or you miss it i like i'll give you actually give you an example someone actually said something to me after mass this weekend that their husband was they felt was accosted by a parishioner because he walked with the eucharist to his pew but she said that he's just so nervous about taking his mask off even around other people that he was just a little nervous doing it at the front there Mm -hmm. now I think there can be instructions around this. I don't think that's if you're not if you're not or wait till the end or something like that, maybe to receive Eucharist, because I really don't think you should be walking back to your pew with the Eucharist, mm. even if you're a good practicing Catholic, um, even if you know what the Eucharist is, it's really, you know, there are other ways to do this to make yourself feel safe, etc. cetera. Um, but, you know, there are those times where people still get away. So like in our diocese, for example, we have a very large occult population. And so... Um, there is sometimes people coming into mass with the express purpose of trying to steal the Eucharist for sacrilegious purposes. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why we have these ushers idea around at, at, at least on weekend masses. Um, the other thing is, you know, sometimes people get to back to the pew. So like a few weeks ago, actually in our parish, we discovered that someone not only found it, but then they brought it back to the pew and I don't think they knew what to do with it. And the Eucharist was crushed a bit. And so we put, put the Eucharist in water, dissolved it, and put it into the ground, which is what you should be doing for proper proper wow. disposal. So I think if... It's, it is really tough. I do agree with you, Nick. I think it's best to not worry too much about what others are doing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Trust that your Eucharistic ministers know what's up enough. If it's becoming a bit of an issue... Talk to your pastor and say, hey, I'd be willing to help with, you know, standing guard at Mass to help with this. So that that way you're out of the way without it being imposing. Um, I have not noticed it to be too much of an issue personally. Like there has been, like I've noticed some people talking about how like there's been a lot lot of extra dropping of the Eucharist because of masks and stuff. I have actually not noticed that myself.
1: Hmm.
0: Maybe once or twice I've seen it and that's it. Um, But I think that's actually your best option is try and encourage your pastor to get some people to stand guard. Yeah.
1: I am. Um, it made me think like, why does the Lord let us abuse him so much even still? Right. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, yeah. Cause you read the descriptions and the accounts of the, the crucifixion. Everyone is mm-hmm. being terrible to the Lord mm-hmm. and he lets us still do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether it be, someone just not knowing or someone desecrating the Eucharist. And it's, it's almost like, uh, sometimes it, it brings about the same emotions that like, if I'm contemplating uh good Friday that, uh, yeah. when, when I see something like that happening, it, it makes me super duper uncomfy, but like the Lord still lets us be very terrible to him in mm-hmm. like a real way. And so, when the guy's joking, saying like, "Yeah, you should just do a full NFL tackle," I'm like, "I get yeah. it."
0: Yeah, I, so I get it too. Get it. I totally get it. Yep.
1: But the other the other point, is just like, it, what? It, there, there's why does so, social awkwardness? I feel I almost feel feel like Peter to a degree. Like the social awkwardness of going from like five rows back to go find that person I and know. to go tell him to consume I is know. almost. Like, no, I'd rather deny Jesus and just kind of sit here in and my people and be quiet. Yeah. Uh you know what I mean? And
0: there's a rear and there's a weird weird balance there. Cause I think your I think your your kind of scriptural reference there I think is is on point, right? That we the Lord is still gets kind of dealt with poorly even in the Eucharist. But also remember, often again, often most people when they're doing this don't know what they're doing. Yeah. Right. Um
1: forgive them lord, lord they, so they know, know not, not what they, what do. they do
0: exactly <laughs> what's what's worse honestly is our lack of our sense of our own self of sin and how often and easily we may even approach the eucharist sacrilegiously um right and so we just yeah. need to remember that sometimes like um i think again but i think there are just gentle ways or if you if if you're i think if you're in the position to do it discreetly Try and do that. If you're noticing someone's trying to do something sacrilegious with it, or like, because I've seen it happen before, especially in Victoria, where if someone tries to get to Eucharist and then try to walk out the door immediately, you can actually be a bit more aggressive there because they're probably using it for nefarious purposes. So I think that's mm-hmm. part of, it's about their actions manifest their intentions. They're going back to the pew. They're probably not just like, I don't know what to do. And this is why I think it's also important at big celebrations like Christmas or funerals, I always make the announcement about communion time. And people find that very helpful because mm, yeah. then they know what to do. You don't, you can stay in your pew if you want. You don't have to come forward for a blessing. Even but if you do come forward for a blessing, just cross your arms and that's fine. So I think it's, there is no perfect answer to this. Um, we want to be respectful of the Lord's presence, but we also want to do it in a way that's also respectful of the person who is unintentionally, because I find 90% of the time, it's just someone who doesn't know.
1: Right. Yeah. Great. Um, I think cool. that makes sense. Uh, yep. so let's move on to the next thing. Uh, I, so I've got this friend, uh, who is fr- a part of the society of Pope Pius the 10th. Okay. Um, and every year we meet up around Lent and we drink water and eat nothing. Uh, and we talk about the second Vatican, uh, documents, the Vatican two documents, and then we disagree and we go home and, and, and it's lovely. And this next question, uh, t- Ask a question that I've always sort of wondered, too. Um, let's let's play it.
2: I don't understand. Um, with the SSPX, is it okay to go to their masses or not valid, not listed, all those things? It's too
0: confusing. I would love a clarification. Thank you.
1: Okay, Father Harrison, uh, the the Society of Pope Pius X. If you went to mass, you would just see a, a Trinitine mass. Can I go to the Trinitine mass?
0: So, what I'm about to express is my own personal opinion, not totally canonically researched or anything like that. Ooh. Um, but this is how I feel. On the topic which maybe, which only has a limited amount of authority i guess you could say <laughs> okay um, cool
1: did everyone yeah. hear that did everyone in our audience hear that <laughs> okay cool go ahead
0: <laughs> um it's it is a yes it's a it's a valid mass they are not in they are not excommunicated anymore but they're also not in communion <laughs> which is a weird it's a it's a very weird place that they're in canonically and in the realm of communion um, my opinion is, we ought to be a little bit wary of attending it regularly, mm-hmm. especially if we have other forms of the extraordinary form locally that we can attend to. Hopefully, um, for a few reasons, since they're not in communion fully with Rome right now, we ought to remember that, you know, even in the way they preach and stuff like that, might can possibly do damage to the soul um, because they may have an opinion that might so doubt about your own communion with the church or something like that. Um, and remember this, that where the Pope is, that is where communion lies. Okay. So if we go to that mass, it is valid. I would, I've always struggled with this, but I think it does actually really does fulfill our Sunday obligation. Mm-hmm. If we go to it, um, I would, Extremely strongly discourage receiving communion there for one very simple reason: mm. they're not in communion with yeah. you're not in communion with them, and they're not in communion with you. And this is the whole point of communion. It's a communion is not just a private act; it's a, an ecclesial act. And so, to, to receive communion with someone is to say, "I'm in communion with you. I have we are in full." That's why when we are in serious sin, we don't receive communion because we're saying, "I'm not in 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 communion." Right. And so, it's the same with I would say with the SSPX. I would strongly strongly discourage receiving communion again because they're in a ecclesially ecclesially weird place it makes it a bit of a different um just makes it different (laughs) um so i don't know what 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 is the kind of canonical standing of if you were to receive communion there um i don't think it's yeah so it's 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 a it's a delicate issue I I think regardless, I would strongly discourage going there regularly just because they aren't in communion. If you're going there more than your Novus Ordo Mass or or just your local parish, which has the extraordinary form or whatever it is, Mm -hmm. um, that can be – I don't think that's good. Um, And I tend to say go to wherever is in communion with Rome. That's more spiritually beneficial for all of us because we also have to remember – just going to a Mass, again, if we we have to get, because we have to move out of this kind of individualized sense of individualistic spirituality that we tend to approach the Eucharist and the Mass with. By, it is valid, absolutely. But there is, and there is spiritual benefit by being at a Mass, obviously. But there's also spiritual benefit about being in the same place as others who are in communion with us and we with them, I think. And the Eucharist is not just the reception of it, but it's actually the the whole celebration of the Mass. And so being there can, is a way of saying, I am, I, you know, I'm in, I'm in some form of communion with them. And I think because of their weird canonical status, I think we can say something like that, but it, it's it's complicated. So TLDR is in my opinion you can go it does fulfill your sunday obligation i would strongly strongly recommend not receiving communion and i would strongly strongly recommend that it not become a regular thing oh
1: that seems like a a pretty balanced take (laughs) i know that when i uh when i talk to my my friend who's a part of the sspx he'll he'll say yeah come to mass sometime because mm-hmm. he's like, that's mess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he I'll he'll I'll say, Hey, come take a look at this church building that was built in 2010. And he'll be like, No. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I don't know that it goes the same way uh backwards, which yeah, I mean, like I I the, the universality of the church is always super duper appealing and lovely and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um so why why huh, yeah? It's like at the end of our meetings, we'll always say to each other, we'll always pray for like unification. Mm-hmm. And that's yep. really, really nice because like we're yep. close.
0: Yeah, we're, we're close. Standards. We are close. We are close. There's just, it's usually, it's just a couple things from Vatican II that they struggle with.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But yeah. Um, but it's not, they're not, they're not like, they're not significantists. Although, oddly enough, some people who go to those masses are fascinating. <laughs> Which is very, it, it, and this is the thing, I guess, right? This is why I, I just, urge caution and I'm trying not to paint with a broad brush here but Mm -hmm. my experience has been generally that when people tend towards this direction it also tends towards a certain mentality that can lead towards conspiracy theory sometimes not always right but like sometimes it's just like but I've just noticed a tendency in at least in my experiences locally of it leading that way and where then it leads them to start saying going further than the SSPX and saying not only is Francis not the real Pope Benedict wasn't John There's been no true Pope since John the 23rd or something like that, yeah. or Pius the twelfth even right. Um, so they start making the leap backwards because they did one thing wrong. Therefore, it it, it painted their whole papacy um, in a bad light. And therefore they can't be seen in a, they, they can't really be a true Pope. And so and there are people who go to those masses who actually believe this, right? And so this is the thing, you want to be careful about what we expose ourselves to because especially if we might find ourselves leading that way slightly intellectually or spiritually, but we're, you know, the communion of the church has a spiritual benefit to it itself. Right.
1: Well, hey, uh, bouncing off that point, like, uh, so my friend who's SSPX, lovely, lovely dude. Yep. Solid, prayerful, Catholic. Mm-hmm. But if you go to YouTube and you type in the Society of Pope Pius the 10th, You'll find all kinds of crazy stuff. Yeah. I mean, stuff, uh, stuff equal to like the Jesuits are actually uh, uh, Barack Obama is a Jesuit and they're in charge of everything. And the Antichrist is coming through that, like all this kind of stuff. Or when I worked at National Catholic Reporter, I would get emails periodically of like these crazy claims about the church. Not even like some of the popular ones that you'll hear from, you know, other popular uh, Catholic um, podcasters, producers, media people, but like really strange stuff. Yeah, and um, yeah, so it's out there, but
0: it's out there, and it's as again, I, I say I'm trying to be careful because I recognize not everyone who goes to these masses and stuff like that are believe this or anything like that it's just to say sure if, if you find this is a tendency in you then maybe it's not going to be a benefit to you because you might be exposing yourself to a certain mentality that may not be of spiritual benefit to you in the long run
1: sweet yeah and if that's the case go to your local pastor and talk to him about yeah. it right yeah yeah Exactly. Yeah. Ultimately, this podcast, I've been thinking about this a lot too lately. Uh, this podcast is like good for general things. But just like when you hear uh, stuff on the news about like your health, uh, the best advice they always give you is go to your local doctor and ask him mm-hmm. uh, ask him or her. Uh, same thing with this podcast. You hear Father Anthony or Father Harrison say something and uh, you're like, hmm, should I take it as gospel? Go to, go to your pastor too. That's also mm-hmm. very, very important. Yeah. Um, Cool. Awesome. It's also important to have presbyteral exhortations, but you know what I just figured out?
0: This is actually, this is... um, It's pastoral council. Council. It's pastoral council today. You'll be leading the pastoral council. As is uh, right and just under my job as a pastor in canon law.
1: And I, as a typical uh, um, pastoral council member, will uh, hear your vision of the church and nod my head and say, that sounds really good, Father Harrison.
0: Yes, we should do this. And then I'll ask for help. And you'll say, you'll just be silent.
1: Uh, I'll just, that's so funny. How do we carry out this vision? I'd be like, well, could you turn the heat on in the church? (laughs) There's some good pastoral councils on there, but uh, let's go ahead to that segment right now. Uh, and now it's time for Pastoral Council, where the laity are empowered to say words. Oh, yippee! Ooh. Good for you, lay people!
0: You have
1: opinions!
0: Before, before I go into it, this is... I'll try and be as vague as possible, but this was perhaps one of the most unique experiences I've ever had in regards to pastoral council is we once received a letter complaining about the change of the email address of our parish. Yeah. Because it took out the city's name Mm -hmm. and thereby we were quote unquote losing our identity. And why did pastoral council allow this to happen? Oh, And I'm like, pastoral council doesn't, Deal with this at all in any way, shape, or form?
1: With, 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 most media <laughs> stuff, with most media stuff, it's normally a couple of guys who think they have a really good idea, so they roll with it because no one else is helping them or informing them, so they do it. And they yeah. get this backlash. I remember our our parish name that where I worked was Saints John and Paul parish yeah uh, but like if you do n sharapa first initial last name at saints john s-a-n-t you know uh, a-i whatever uh yeah. saints john and paul parish.org oh my gosh it's a lot to type in so we change it to sts-jp.org it's just as bad yeah you know or should we do saints john and paul parish diocese of pittsburgh really cool church that uh that that father Jay is the pastor of dot org you know
0: and then you put like the zip code in there <laughs> right just to make it distinguish because there's other saints john and paul's out there or something like that this is true yeah <laughs> uh so all right uh this is kind of a last minute topic to put together but uh, so i've been reading um dietrich von hildebrand's a transformation in christ for my spiritual reading nice. i started i started it in december and uh Kind of gave up on spiritual reading for a bit there, um, <laughs> and then I kind of been getting back into it the last week. And it's a very good book. I like it a lot for a few reasons. One is it's Dietrich Bonhildebrandt, so he is very um, intellectually engaging, very mm-hmm. thorough in his analysis. But it's also very spiritually nourishing, so it's good spiritual reading. So it kind of it kind of ticks all the boxes for me as a yeah. person, which is always helpful. Um, it's not it's not fluffy. I, I i don't do good with spiritual fluff and i don't do good <laughs> with things that try to imitate other things spiritually sometimes like you can just tell like someone's like just trying to imitate some 17th century saint in their mm-hmm. manner of speaking and i'm like ugh, just instant aversion see you now I, I
1: i like a little bit of that stuff because like you start off there and yeah. then when you read like the von whoever's you're talking about I'm yeah. like hey that's what that other guy said but it's fancy yeah i like that so it's like, <laughs> I, I always thought like i would like get the really fluffy stuff and then i i graduated and i got to bishop robert Barron. i'm like yeah right. i'm smarter now and then i gonna read <laughs> love and responsibility by myself i'm like what, what? what is he saying
0: utilitarianism <laughs>
1: anyway. what's, what's that, that?
0: Well, utilitarianism what's that oh just a lot yeah, of yeah,
1: big words yeah, yeah. base basically say the same thing over and over and over but in different ways so as to not take them out of context like I remember like reading um, oh what's the guy's name he's not Von Balthazar he was the other dude in the other magazine
0: you know? oh oh, um, oh, from Concilium yeah you know what I'm talking I mean, about there's Hans Kung there was um, uh, uh, Rahner
1: yeah, we were Rahner. reading Carl Rauner oh, and as an extra Rahner. credit uh, a point, like we got an extra point, a credit point. If we found the longest and most confusing sentence and it was four pages long yeah, with like the most terrible punctuation or the lack of it Whoa. before you found a period because the guy didn't want to be taken out of context. And I'm like, dang, dude. And he's trying to describe this moment when like we experience God in the present. But like. Uh, by talking about it right now it's not the present so it's already past. Mm-hmm. so he's trying to pinpoint this little thing and i'm like so we we spent a whole class trying to decide what this four page one sentence was i mean this is my complaint about theologians but anyway if it's nourishing
0: well, to you but no here's well here's the thing the trick von hildebrand i think is actually a lot more accessible um oh, okay good ronner good. sucks in my opinion <laughs> i'm just about to make everyone angry who likes ronner uh, I do not like Rahner at all. I, I think he. I think I actually have some issues with him theologically, but that's for another day. Sure. Anyways, Dietrich von Hildebrand, uh, heroic Catholic, um, kind of fled the Germans in uh the Nazis in Germany I should say and um actually eventually settled in North America in in the US and taught philosophy there Mm -hmm. and so as I'm reading this he so he start he's starting off the book talking about the notion of transformation which is very good it's very Pauline in many ways and I think it's very right obviously um but then in order to enter into the life of transformation whereby Christ really transforms us (laughs) he says we have to have contrition right that we have to have a sorry what is contrition? I'm sorry. I'm really sorry for what I did. Oh, you have right? to mean it. Yeah. Yes, okay. exactly. And, and so and this is the thing. This is what kind of got me thinking because he has this one little phrase mm-hmm. that he says where we would contrition is such that we would even revoke the wrong we have committed. And for some reason, that just like it was like one of those two by four moments where it's just like stop reading and pray with this that Ooh, little yeah. phrase, right? Of we would even want to revoke the wrong we have committed. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was a really important qualifier for contr- contrition. And I, that's why I, I want to reflect on about what, what contrition is around. And it'll obviously tie in a bit with the sacrament of confession and stuff like this. Um, Cause it didn't even this it didn't touch me just personally in my own kind of spiritual life, but it's right. also touching my pastoral experience. Mm. And um, yeah, and so what I found interesting about that phrasing is to say, like, it's not just saying "I'm sorry I did this." It's saying, "I'm s- not only am I sorry I did this, but if I could turn back the clocks, I would not do this."
1: Oh, no. Oh, no. But sometimes I think to myself, if I turn back the clocks, I'd probably do it again. And I'd probably want to do it again. But OK, so if Dingo. I need that. or So I don't know if I'm Dingo. going too fast or too slow, but my brain just like shot out like a rocket. <laughs> like so I go. I know I need to go to confession. Right. Because like, yeah. I know I did a bad thing and I yeah. say I'm sorry because I am sorry that I did the wrong thing. But then that extra qualifier for for contrition is. And like Lord, I love you so much that I wouldn't want to do that again. Ooh, wa-
2: really? So why? So really? why even
1: go? So why even go then? Because if you're not so, truly
0: yes. contrite, so tarp, this is where I think I think it's a very good point, though. I think it's meant to bring a clarifying light mm. onto our own attachment to sin. Yeah. Um. Now, when we go to confession, for example, it's there because we have imperfect contrition right oh. um that's why the sa- if we had perfect contrition we wouldn't need confession right if and it, it, it says this in canon law it says this in the catechism if you have a perfect contrition then there is you wouldn't need to go to confession the the sacrament exists for aiding imperfect contrition
1: whoa if i had perfect contrition you'd be a saint uh, is that something that i should Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. Follow me here. Yeah. I'm going to ask a dumb question. I'm like the golden retriever talking to a <laughs> theologian who's like, <laughs> tell me more <laughs> father Harrison. But like, if is should I strive to have perfect? Yes. Contrition. Well, yes. what does that look like? Cause I'll never achieve it. Right.
0: <laughs> I think you achieve it through the sacrament of confession and oh. the, the grace of the sacraments of the church, because these things aid in our, imperfect contrition to give us the grace whereby Jesus's act of redemption is a kind of, it's him being contrite on our behalf. Mm -hmm. And we're saying, I'm not there yet. I need your grace to bring me there. Right. So I think perfect contrition comes, goes hand in hand with transformation in Christ. If that makes sense. The more, the more contrite one is, the more one grows in their own contriteness, the more they, um, uh, um the more your your holiness really comes through so we ought to grow towards perfect contrition but yeah it, it's i think but what i think was a really edifying point from that one little phrase
1: mm-hmm.
0: was i think it throws a light on our desire towards sin
1: yeah i like sinning otherwise i wouldn't do it Right. It's like I had a math teacher once who told me this. I think you'll you'll chuckle. She, uh, Last day at school, senior year, last period, she says, hey, kids. We're like, yeah. She goes, in college, don't do drugs. You'll like them. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my gosh. That's why people yeah. do them. Yeah. Because yep. they like them. I don't want exactly. to like them. I want to hate them.
0: But this is the thing. We like our sin. Yeah. We like our sin. And... We go to confession, we say we're sorry because we know it's wrong, but we actually don't want to let it go.
1: What do you mean by not wanting to let it go? I like like,
0: that. Yeah, like we say in the act of contrition, right, or at least the more popular act of contrition, um, um, that I promise to sin no more, right? Mm -hmm. In other words, we're saying like I think we 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 emphasize the first element that I'm sorry for what I've done, what I failed to do, but we forget the second part. I promise to sin no more. I
1: feel like a fake every time I say that. Like Mm -hmm. I absolve to sin no more. I'm like, well, I'll try, God. (laughs) Right. You know what I mean? How do I how do I pray that authentically?
0: right so i and i think again so there's some balance here that we need to keep in mind okay yeah i think that sometimes truth is said in such a way not to say that you have to be here immediately but that it's something you want to grow towards oh. so that we ought to be able to grow towards hating sin more for example mm-hmm. I, i'm sorry a little edit moment i'm really sorry about all the rain i'll actually give a little sit moment of silence so that you can edit it out i don't know if you can hear it
1: oh i can't yeah you're still kind of choppy so it it, it... Oh, okay. Like i'm kind of hearing stuff but start start oh, from wherever you okay. want to okay
0: yeah. anyways yeah just lots of lots of uh lots of rain anyways right. um okay so when i think it was one of those lines that's very illuminating but our our tendency is to always say i have to do this all right away then forgetting the grace of confession Forgetting what it exists for, what the grace of the sacraments exists for, in order that we can grow in this so, and 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 I think so there's a twofold thing here that I think is really important. One is that it really ought to I think we have to be taking more seriously the hatred for sin. If we're confessing these things over and over again, it might be a sign not that we um it might be a sign that we like a to sin too much.
1: But Father Harrison, um, hatred is the opposite of love. We shouldn't hate anything. I couldn't even say it without
0: laughing. I, know I was going to say, you're gonna, <laughs> you just like just just lobbing me the ball there. But hatred of sin is the perfect expression of love.
1: Whoa, say that hatred is the perfect sin. expression, expression of, love. of love.
0: Yeah, because what is love but the affirmation of another? the willing, the good of the other, yeah. what is sin, but the removal of the good of the other of hating the good of the other.
1: Oh, neat.
0: So we can't have hatred for sin. We can't mm-hmm. hate, we can't hate something. It's sin. Um, so, but at the same time, like, so I think we need to be emphasizing that second point. I want to get back to that in a second, but at the same time, I, cause I really want to emphasize this too. We're going to go to confession with habitual sins, Mm-hmm. Right, and the priest will absolve you as long mm-hmm. as you are sorry, because there is a recognition that you are there because you do not have perfect contrition, you do not have the ability to say I I really truly fully hate this sin with all my heart mind and soul, I need the grace of the sacrament to make up for what I'm lacking, mm-hmm. okay, and that that exists there, and that this is something that happens over time that we grow into over time, but as I was pondering this you know I really I'm saying all this because I really want to actually emphasize though like let's get into the kind of human psychology element of this a bit and and really reflect on this whole I would rev, even revoke the past thing because I think if we if we meditate on a sin mm-hmm. like so I was meditating on the things I'm working through in my own spiritual life the, the little sins or whatever that I'm, I'm trying to get through and recognizing that when he said that line I said oh no I would totally do it again yeah, And it was a very So it was a very clarifying line to me Of What needs to change in my heart Around sin Because I think we have been trained To see sin and confession As the place to just say I did wrong mm-hmm. But to oh. truly say I did wrong Means to say I would never have done it Right hey, if, Yeah uh,
1: So can I bounce yeah, off that oh, yeah, point? Yeah, 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 I yeah. think the hatred is is misdirected because i'm I'm thinking about uh, my spiritual director and I have worked a lot about scrupulosity and where does that come from? It comes from a misdirected hatred. Where's the hatred aimed? It's aimed at myself because I uh, emphasizing the word I did the sins, and i I am sorry about the sins. and so I am a piece of crap and the yep. last last part, uh. Yeah, like because you take on an identity there. I, I always, it's funny. um, Identity is what we talk about in youth ministry all the time. You know, I am a child of God compared to I am a basketball player. Well, if you got your arms removed, you wouldn't be a basketball player anymore. Oh no, my life has turned into a crisis, right? Like, uh, but like, there's. Tell me what you think of this. Uh, part of confession is giving the devil the middle finger. Saying, you're not who I am.
0: So this is the thing, right? Okay. And so there is, I completely agree with you because I think my experience as someone who hears confessions is often that actually people really hate themselves. Oh. And which is heartbreaking. And Mm -hmm. you wanted to try and bring them away from this. Why? Because they see their sin through their own eyes rather than through the love of the heart of Jesus.
1: How would the love so, of the yeah. heart of
0: Jesus see so, my sins? Right. So so where I'm going with this is we have this mm-hmm. tendency then to see sin as what I've done. I'm horrible because I've done this, as if we are our actions are everything of who we are. Yeah. But then at the same but it lacks it lacks the objectivity of God's love, which is redeeming and transforming of sin, because this is the great secret of of this, right? Is Mm -hmm. that, yes, we ought to want, we we would choose to not do that again if we we were given the opportunity, if we Mm -hmm. were able to go back in time. Mm -hmm. But the beautiful thing of God's grace is that it actually takes that moment now and transforms it with the grace of confession to make it actually an opportunity of grace. So it takes something evil and makes Mm -hmm. it into something good. But if we're going into confession, C.S. Lewis has this point in one of his books about this, and I thought – I think it's actually a really brilliant point, that yeah. the more we grow in grace, the more we even see even our sin as encounters of grace because of the grace of God's forgiveness.
1: It, it, it's different than um, – what's the the popular phrase? Oh, the popular phrase is um, uh, I uh, – I I have no oh yeah I have no regrets because the things in the past have have made me who I am today it's close but it's not right
0: right exactly The,
1: the things of my past I I regret yeah but the cool thing about Jesus is that he redeems them and perfects them so that I can become a, a, the best yes. disciple ever, the most unique yeah. one, the closer to him and all that stuff.
0: Right. And it's about, again, it's about saying, not saying like, we're going to go and sin, you know, we're not going to go out and sin <laughs> crazily so that, and it's go to confession say, "Hey, Jesus, now work with this, right? It's not, that's not what we're saying here. <laughs> Let me give you some it's good saying, fodder. Let because, me give you some good fodder. Yeah, here. exactly. Right. Because <laughs> the only way that grace works is when we're cooperating with this. Right. Right. So. I am saying all this to balance it out because I think we can hear these lines, especially those who struggle with maybe hatred of self when they're looking at their own sin, they can hear all this and just make themselves feel even worse because they're going to say, I don't have that perfect contrition. I don't have this. I don't have that. And um, I'm just a horrible person because of it. But when we're looking yeah. at it through the lens of God's love, which is greater than our sin. Mm-hmm. and it, and it, And again, it lifts up that moment of sin into god's love itself to transform it to heal it and to forgive it to make it an opportunity of an encounter with god Mm
1: -hmm.
0: but what this also does this i think this leads to another point with it all is when it comes to confession then and i say this again recognizing there's a lot more subtly to all this so Mm -hmm. please don't Mm -hmm. hate me for what i'm about to say folks yeah (laughs) i think most of us approach confession more therapeutically than sacramentally
1: yeah, that would make sense, uh, right? Because right. I go to the confessional and I see the priest face to face, and or maybe behind the screen, but yeah, you end up talking and you you feel real good, and then
0: you then you. So leave. this is the thing, right? I have said what I've done. Mm-hmm. I heard the words of absolution, mm-hmm. and I feel right with God now.
1: Yeah, sometimes I right? I that, that is not, my experience. Yeah. Right.
0: And, and listen, that's not to say that that's not a part of confession. Okay. Sure. But I think we've emphasized that element without um, wanting to receive what forgiveness wants to bring.
1: Oh, it's more than a car wash. That's right. Okay. What is it then? It's like a car wash and a new center console that's going to help you almost
0: drive akin- better? it's almost, I I mean, again, I have to put a lot of qualification on this, but I think it's akin to a new baptism almost, almost. Oh, almost, right. Not, not quite the same. Right. Um, But I mean, that's really what confession is doing. It's bringing you back to the state of what baptism brings for you, Mm. which is a new man, a new (laughs) woman. Right. And so do I believe this? Do I believe what the grace is giving me, which is God's very self but that means i am willing to let go of absolutely everything that removes me from god's love because and so but what happens is we go in th- more with the checklist and again it's not wrong i think i because i think there's the other option and how do i know where we approach this those therapeutically because we 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 love to describe our sins mm. i've said it before on the podcast please stop it <laughs> <laughs> for the sake of the line and for the sake of your own just say what you did if the priest needs explanation he'll ask i remember hearing something about like padre pio actually a few a couple months ago he said that if a confession takes longer than 3 minutes then they're not sufficiently prepared and this is Padre Pio who heard hours of confessions every day, you know. So well,
1: if I heard yeah. hours of confessions,
0: I'd be like I mean, up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? And plus when you've got the stigmata, you're a little grumpy, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Fifty oh. years, it's like, listen, my hands are in pain. Just get through it. Listen. Heck. Oh, you think that's bad, try having holes in your hands.
1: <laughs> Dude, but, but from from my yeah. end, with with just, just taking a quick step aside, and I hope we don't mm-hmm. get too off track. I, I when I go into a confession professional with someone who's not my spiritual director, Mm -hmm. which is sometimes I feel like I have to do that. And he, Mm -hmm. he allows it. Um, I'll say, hi, uh, I I go behind the screen and I say, I'm 30 years old. I am Mm -hmm. married. I work for the church and I have a spiritual director, which for me is like, back off. Yeah, I don't want to be lectured. I don't yep. want to be this that. I'm I, my spiritual director knows my sins. Mm-hmm. All I want you to do is say I absolve you. <laughs> yeah. Or or if he said hey, if he said something like go pray over this scripture passage, I'd be like hell yeah, or, yep. heaven yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's a Catholic
0: yeah. podcast, but it, it is interesting that you say that because I've actually been and actually that that Padre Pio quote has been really sticking with me, and yeah. I've actually found myself distancing myself from giving advice a lot in confession. I do it mm-hmm. like. I do it sometimes, but I'm actually fine like 60-70% of the time I'm like, and here's your penance and say so the act of contrition. Yeah. Um, to, to remove this therapeutic sense of things because it's not something when we approach confession therapeutically, it's to bring an experience of wholeness. And that's mm. that is a part of it. And it's not say again, I'm not saying the feeling element's not there, but I think because we are a therapeutic culture, we will, we approach everything, including the sacraments therapeutically. And <sighs> and and, and right
1: we do that's why that that has to be why priests don't read the read the red do the black or whatever right right because they're like they know that the congregation doesn't know what's going on at mass so they try to make mass a retreat because if they can make mass a retreat it's a positive experience people will come back yeah right that has to be why people do stuff like that
0: right so exactly and so but it just feeds all of this. It's just, it's an endless cycle. And so getting back to like von Hildebrand's point here, if when I'm going to confession or I'm, rec- I'm looking over my sin or whatever it is, if I'm looking towards having true contrition, it has to be coming into a point where I really, I would actually remove, I would revoke that action if I could.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it's not to say that God's not going to work through that. It's just, it's about, it's about, it's a, it's a line that's meant to shed a light on your desire.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. and when you do this you, when you go to confession for example then you don't need to explain it and you don't even need words of advice why because you are in a clear place of saying what I did was wrong and I'm going to do everything in my power with God's help to make sure that this doesn't happen again and it might so like, I think when we approach it therapeutically we reco- we expect grace to almost take its time to a certain degree, you know, like yeah. oh, you know, it's going to be slow. It's going to take me many years to come over this. Sin. And it's, listen, sometimes it does. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So I'm not, I'm not trying to say don't go to confession every week or anything like mm-hmm. that. If you have a, if you have a, if especially if you have habitual serious sin, confession's super important, right? It's just to say that line. I would revoke the past action if I could. Sheds a light on our true contrition, and helps us because the more we are willing to say. I will revoke that action i don't want it the more oh, we can, the more our heart is open to the transformation of the grace of the sacraments that we receive
1: yeah so in my act of contrition i kind of freestyle it mm-hmm. you know um but it could be totally appropriate to ask the lord for to obtain a deep hatred for my sins would you, mm-hmm. would, if, if you yeah. hearing me yeah. say that as the confessor, would you be like, why are you saying that? Or would you be like,
0: I'd be like, totally down with that. <laughs> nice. As long as you understand hatred for your sins is not hatred for yourself. Yep. Because there are people who I know where if they said that, I'd be like, what do you mean by that? <laughs> my confessor because- actually
1: makes me say in my, in my act of contrition, thank you, Jesus, for loving me. And thank you for yeah. forgiving me. Yeah. Because I. Because I I do have that a little bit of that tendency still, just kind of
0: yep. hanging on. And we all do. We can all be hard on ourselves in different yeah. ways, right? So we we all are. You know, I had mm-hmm. a I had a I had a friend the other day just say she uh, she said to me, "You're you're a little too hard on yourself," and in this area, <laughs> and you know you need to recognize God's love and your own weakness around this thing. And I'm like, huh, yeah, you're probably right. Mm. You're probably right. You know. So in all yeah. of this, I guess what we're trying to get at is just to say. That line, I think, when we're looking over our sin, will shed light on how serious we're actually sorry, Mm. how much we actually want or don't want the sin. And if we recognize in ourselves a certain like, oh, no, I would totally do it again, or it's really not that big of a deal or whatever it is, it's a sign that we need to reflect more on that to come to a true and proper hatred of sin, which comes and is rooted in God's love.
1: Wow. I like that. Father, I have a question you yeah. I I, th- I think you can answer this question. Okay. Um, you said in your pastoral experience you find that th- this is this is an issue. Um, can you put a percentage on it or is that too close to the seal violating or hmm?
0: Yeah, I, I don't know if I'd want to Enough to I say would something. Just say, but I would just say that yeah, it's 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 regular enough. Yeah, okay. It's wow. regular enough that I think and i and i think sometimes it's in different degrees right mm-hmm. um and we all like man there's just so much uh, it's hard because and i think part of it too is we go in with our own weaknesses and think them sins or that and sometimes weaknesses like mitigate certain sin mm-hmm. so like i'll give you an example like personal one adhd is a big problem for me which makes organization like really bad attention to detail really bad right i want to be better at this but i'm like i'm starting to come to this point like maybe i'll never be good at this and that that's okay and that i don't need to be all things to all people at all times because that literally makes everyone crazy um and that is it really a sin of a lack of order in my life or is it just maybe the, one of those crosses I'm going to have to carry? Even with medication, like I seek medication and everything, and I, you know it's always something you're kind of working through. And yeah, but uh, and I'm learning maybe maybe I'm not as bad off as I might think I am sometimes. Sure. The problem well, comes when you're a priest, for example, though, and I'm sure it's similar when you're a dad. It's like yeah, but you still you know you're responsible for people, mm-hmm. and that marriage paperwork if it's not done. They don't get married, right? And yep. I've learned through my mistakes in that. But at the same time, I'm like, I'm just never going to be super organized ever. Right?
1: I uh, It's like to flip your what you're saying upside down, it's like I have particular strengths. And with those strengths comes a shadow side, of course. Um, I, I, that's the way I prefer to talk about it. Is that mm-hmm. shadow side just a, a, a weakness that I need to harp on or is that shadow side a sin? Sometimes it's like, not being good at something well i mean talk to your confessor yep because yep. he'll he'll recognize you'd be like i'm not good at sleeping in and i need to do that more often okay not a sin <laughs> just maybe not something you're good at
0: yeah that's okay yeah and, and and i think this is the thing it's like and part of it is like a bit of a there's a there is a perfectionism that's placed on us in culture mm-hmm. that i think imbues uh, i mean i think As Catholics in North America, we are far more modernist than I think we're willing to actually admit. We just don't realize it in so many ways. But, and one of those things is this kind of moral perfectionism that expects perfection at every moment in every place, but also is completely unforgiving at the slightest mishap. Of course. And that's not a balance of justice and mercy
1: wow but that's what I think confession is sometimes it's yeah. like I'm not perfect and I should be perfect so I'll confess where I'm not perfect right and then I'll strive for perfection again which isn't
0: but it's like you, you like yeah exactly like so for example like maybe you're 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 not called to be uh, i you know I'm not the most perfect I don't know I'm not the perfect teacher of the faith with my kids mm-hmm. maybe I don't know well maybe you don't have the skill set to do that but there's but you, but you thrive in the realm of charity towards those in need. That will teach you. The, like it's about recognizing. Like I, I, w- I want to do a podcast on charisms one day because I think Ooh. it's so important. Um, yeah. Our charisms really are the places that God, the things that God gives us, and they're different than talents. Okay, Char- charisms are for the building up the community, okay. The church. Okay, yep. But um and we we don't all have the same charisms. Like this Sunday, actually, I think we're going to hear some are. Some is from 1 Corinthians 12, right? Some are pastors, some are administrators, some are preachers, some are evangelists. There are different functions in the body. Mm -hmm. And so you don't have to be all the functions at once. And that's okay.
1: Yeah. And if you're not one of those functions, it's not necessarily a sin.
0: Right. Exactly. So just because X person does like great work with the poor doesn't, without obviously not wanting to do something for the poor, doesn't mean that that's going to be the primary thing you're going to have to do. Right, maybe you're a great teacher, so that's where you're going to put your 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 efforts, right, and so on and so forth. And so you shouldn't be confessing, "Well, I'm not as charitable as that person with the yeah. poor." Well, it's like, well, maybe like that's not where God's asking you to be.
1: Yeah, it, it's like I'll I'll tell parents this because I know to tell parents this, and I'm learning it myself. It's like I am using the 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 corporal works of mercy all the time because I am clothing the naked, my child. I am feeding the hungry. My child. And a lot of parents don't see themselves as doing the corporal works of mercy unless they're yeah. out on the streets of downtown your city yeah. uh, doing those things. And I'm like, exactly, nah, nah man, that, that's pretty legit. Like, yeah, exactly. Oh, no, I know. It
0: it's why, it's why like, I work really hard to not ask people who have families to do too much in a parish because they got plenty of opportunities to do the works of mercy and stuff like that at home. Ooh, I like that. Right, mm-hmm. You know, one, find one thing to do in the parish. That's sufficient. Mm-hmm. You, you got enough going on with kids. You know and mm-hmm. the time will come when you won't have kids at home and you will have more free time and then maybe that's when god's asking you to do something more but mm-hmm. it, it doesn't need to be we, we just put these high standards on us and i think it's because we are over so we have we see so much and what everyone else is doing we think we have to do all those things it's a form of acedia whereby our desires are going every which way instead of like focusing on the reality that god has given us etc cetera, etc cetera. um in all of this it's just like be real with your heart be real with your heart. Like there's nothing more concrete. There's no no greater place of communion than in your heart with God. And that means saying, like, if you're if you're at a place where you can say, I don't know if I could say that about this sin, that's fine. Because that's why we have confession. Because mm-hmm. you're not at the place of perfect contrition. So say that. Say, I'm not there yet. I want to, but I want to be there, right? Awesome. You're making a great it's step like, forward.
1: It, it's the difference between, yeah, it's like Maybe I don't want to stop this in. Maybe I don't want to want to, but maybe I want to, want, want, to, to, want, want, to, want to, want to, Yeah, yeah
0: exactly. Exactly. Cool. cool. So that was kind of the fruit of my spiritual reading this morning. Oh, sweet. I liked it. That was helpful. Cool. Nice.
1: Not that the podcast needs to be like nick's spiritual fulfillment really i should be pursuing that in other ways but it was very nice of you to come up with a podcast for me
0: hey i'm glad i could you just be just be glad i'm back to i haven't really read much at all in the last two months so i'm just getting back to reading this week so which is good good timing in that regard great do you Good. do the
1: do you do the closed usually you have- father
0: Anthony does because he has the script I don't have the script <laughs> all right I'll,
1: I'll try to do it thank you for listening he only says it like that um, uh, if you want to reach us go to clerically at gmail.com but more specifically uh, make sure to call us write down this number get your pens and papers out or your cell phone 412-912-912-912. Seven nine nine five. We'll answer all those questions that you have, and frankly, listening to them way easier than reading them. Ugh. So feel free to reach out to us that way. Uh, tell your friends about the podcast. Make sure you rate the podcast on iTunes and Stitcher or wherever you rate your podcast. Uh, tell people about the podcast. And tell your enemies too, because Jesus says we must love our enemies. Uh, if you you reach me at Papa Sharapa on Twitter
0: you can find me at fr harrison and you can find my book mysterion at all great places that you like to get books and reach out to the podcast too if you're interested in coming to scotland with me in july yeah that'd be cool that'd be dope uh peace god bless